This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. I love the time of year we're in where each week has a theme. If you've been following along on the podcast, two weeks ago, we did the theme of love and I had my wife Miriam on. And last week we did the theme of discipline and restraint. And I had my son Mendel, who's learning how to use his discipline for his bar mitzvah. Week number three is the most elevated of these weeks because when you talk about love, you talk about an endless capacity to love. It almost tires you out if you love someone too much or they're tired out by your love. But then you have week two of restraint and, you know, too much discipline, too much restraint also tips the scale. Talk to anybody who's been on a hard regiment of working out. They just start fantasizing about not working out anymore. It just doesn't take you to the promised land. So the week that we're in, this third week, this is the most important week because it's the balance week. It's the week that we really learn how to harness love and discipline and restraint with the tool called in Hebrew tiferet. Tiferet could mean compassion, could mean beauty, could mean splendor, could mean harmony. But more than anything, what it really means is when things are coming together in a way that is an emergence of truth, when something happens that it shows what's really happening. So when we talk about compassion, you look on Wikipedia, look on the dictionary, compassion is all about having feelings for a difficult situation, but also feelings of desire to do something about it. So compassion is about both the reality and how it manifests into action. So there's a sort of beginning and end to it, it coming together and harmonizing of love and restraint, learning how to love somebody well is also compassionate because you learn to love them in the right place. But another word I entered there with Tiferet, with this concept, is beauty. Because beauty, well, I need to bring somebody in already over here to talk. <laughs> I have my friend here, Aura. Aura is more than a friend. Aura is the person who made sure that me and Miriam were able to be one, to get together. That's right. That's right. You, you, uh, you can I call. You guys, I can right. call me the matchmaker. You can call me. I, I'll call you the matchmaker. <laughs> I'll call you whatever you want. You set this up. We're grateful. And, you know, they usually say that after you get uh, set up by somebody, uh, then you try to never give them credit. We always love it's giving true. Aura credit. You it's guys, always one every of our great hallmarks. That's right. Every time. <laughs> Well, I, it probably wouldn't have happened without you. So why not? Why not Thank give you. credit where it's due? So not only is she responsible for the two energies coming together with us, but that's actually what she does for a living. She is a beautification expert, brings beauty to all things Sounds she so does. Official. You like it? I do. What do you call it? Um, glamour, makeup glamour. artist, there you hairstylist. Go. I like it. In other words, making people beautiful. That's right. So and making them feel beautiful. The Jewish version of beauty is certainly personified by uh, you, my wife, and the beautiful Jewish women of the world. That's right. But the idea of beauty is even more personified by Jewish women because it represents that you don't see everything going on behind the scenes. You only see the front. I grew up in a world where my mom ran the house and was totally in charge. And then I go to the world and I'm like, oh, your mom's stuck in the house. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that was a negative. <laughs> right. We and, thought it was a positive. Yeah. So, because it's behind the scenes that people don't see that think that it's a less, but in reality, truth, you know, you can't handle the truth. Truth yeah. is only good when you can handle it. Otherwise, it's not truth. It's just pure confrontation. Yeah. Beauty is also, it's something that I think you, you, you do to make something, you beautify something. You make something that's there that functions fine. You make it even more beautiful. You add value to it. And I'm so happy to have you on because as a beautician, <laughs> somebody making people beautiful, you're doing just that. True. And I think a big part of it, the, what people don't get is that 
I think the beauty is always there. And I think mm, you need beautiful. to, you know, for me as a makeup artist, I'm kind of showing people their own beauty. I'm not the type of makeup artist who like covers people's features and starts from scratch. I don't do that. I just like to enhance what's already there and kind of show them how they can make themselves feel good about themselves. But the beauty is already there. And I think that's in Jewish women. I think that's in all things beauty in nature. You know, someone goes into a space and like makes it all pretty, which is great. But like the, the bones, the foundation is there. I, I love that style. I love that idea. Cause I think that represents like the type of beauty that people can love themselves and appreciate how they look as well. That's right? what I'm about. <laughs> Well, I, love yourself. I, a lot of people don't don't want to see beauty all the time. You know, yeah. we're we live in L.A. Well, I live now in L.A. <laughs> now You're you from L.A. <laughs> and in L.A., they always say there's this beautiful person and there's somebody tired of being with them. And I'm right. like, Well, that's because they don't see their beauty. Yeah, they just don't. That's what it comes down to. They see the type of beauty that everyone sees. But real beauty is the way you see yourself. Right. And then get to live that and people get to notice that and it comes together. These two worlds coming together. Yeah. And I, I really think real beauty is from the inside out. It's, you know, it's that sense of self and confidence and knowing your identity. Like that's where that's where it starts. And once you feel that, other people attract to it. Well, I, I try to tell people not to love themselves, but to practice compassion on themselves. That's good. The big difference is, is that loving yourself, great. So everybody loves right. themselves today. They're super into themselves. Right. Where does it go? Yeah. You love things. Where does it go? When you have compassion, it begs the question, what am I doing in yeah. order for this, for this appreciation to manifest? What am I doing about my situation? Let alone when it comes to compassion for other people or love for other people. Right. The reality is, what are you doing for that love? Behind every negative situation, there's always somebody said, but I love you, but I didn't mean that. Right. The intention is so important to beauty. That's for right. For it to really be, you know, manifest. Yeah, and I think and it that's has what to you're have talking intention. about. That is what I'm talking about. There has to be this intention to it because it's like, just look at something like, oh, that's pretty, but, but what? And I think that also what you said was really important about, um, you know, having this thought, I kind of translated in my head as like empathy for yourself. Mm. Like it's not just loving, oh, I love myself, but you need to be, you know, have this empathy for yourself the same way you wouldn't talk to other strangers or people, you know, in a certain way. A lot of times we talk to ourselves in ways we would never talk to anybody else when we're like self doubting ourselves or like not feeling great. And we're like, oh, I'm so fat or I'm so stupid or, and you would never tell that to anybody. So you kind of have to remember that and love yourself with compassion, as you said, is really important. I love that. I love that. Um, I think that fits into generally speaking, when people like they want to put their game face on, they want to get ready to go out there and like, yeah. I'm not in a good mood. I'm going to, you know, fake it as I go out there and it'll, it'll get better. Compassion is a practice where you're like, not trying to fake it. You're trying to like, well, that's the person I want to be. Right. You're changing the mindset that this is the person I think I look like. Yeah. And I think as a beautician, somebody making people beautiful, I think you're trying to, what you said originally was, I want them to feel like I'm just enhancing their already, the beauty that's there yeah. already. And that's what compassion is. You're, yes. If somebody's not doing well and you're like, oh, that's terrible. And then you have no intention of doing anything about it. That's, you ever drive by uh, an accident and wonder if anybody's taking care of something in the yeah. accident? You ever have yes. that situation? My wife and I have been talking about that lately, how we just got to tell ourselves that if we ever see anything, make an extra phone call, make it, you know, just, right. just even if we're the 14th person to call, just make it part Do of it. our practice to add action to that. 
what's the metaphor in the beautiful world? Give me a tip or for action for men or women. What what type of tip can we do to like I I need to go out there. I don't feel my beautiful self. I don't feel like I'm going to show myself the best. How would I? What can I do quickly? What would you do for a man? That's a good question. I feel like for a woman, it's really easy. I'd always say like throw a red lipstick on. Like Sweet. it adds some color so what's to your my face. Red lipstick? <laughs> what is your red lipstick? That's a good. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Um, no, I, I'm always up for a challenge. Um, I think that everyone has something in their in their space that makes them feel good, whether it's a wardrobe or for men, it could be a perfume or an aftershave or, I mean, not for the rabbi. Not this guy. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, maybe you have the coolest glasses. Maybe it's a pair of glasses that you just love. And I think that would be your, like, beauty rendition of a red lipstick. So Mm -hmm. if there's, like, a scarf that is cozy or you like the colors and you're not feeling it, you know, throw that on or a perfume or a really cool pair of glasses and in this day with Warby Parker, we can have so many of them because they're at a good price. You just bring them in. You just <laughs> add something to it. Um, I uh, The other day I was th- I was talking to my kids about like that we're all trying to make this world beautiful. And making the world beautiful means creating a world where if everybody was trying to make things beautiful, that would occupy us. We'd be occupied mm-hmm. because based on our new definition of beauty, of enhancing what's there yeah. and uncovering the truth of like how things come together, love and discipline, bringing this balance to the world, key word here being balance. Yeah. And this was a version of like the utopic future of Jewish messianism. So my daughter comes back from school the next day and she says, I told my teacher that my dad was talking to me about this. And she said, and the teacher said back to her, this is my daughter, Kaylee, says back to her like, Yes, when Mashiach comes, we'll all sit and study Torah a whole entire day. And she came back super depressed. She's like, what are you, nuts? I don't sit and study a whole day. What type of life is that? I don't want the world to change. I'd rather it be like this. And uh, I thought that was so endearing. And I said, actually, you know, those who want to learn and always say they don't have time, they'll be learning a whole day because now right. they'll have the time because that'll be their way of enhancing. But someone like you, you're going to be beautifying this world forever because <laughs> that's the real work of the world is to beautify the yeah. world. And I, what you said earlier about, you were talking about love and discipline and that there's, there's kind of restrictions on them, meaning like you can't have endless love because then you'll lose yourself usually. And endless discipline, as you said, you know, can work opposite on right. the person. Or like, remove yourself from the other person. Right. But I, I do think you could have endless beauty. I think that, you know, the world's a beautiful place and you can always work on beautifying it. There's so many places in the world, whether it's you know, bringing clean water. So, you know, to a country that doesn't have it. Um, and that will beautify everything there because it'll bring, you know, it'll be fruitful for the land. The people will have clean water now that they can study and maybe move on to different things. And I just think for our world that beauty can be endless, whether it's, you know, it's beautiful. Endless amounts of makeup. I love it. I was reading in Kabbalah the other day that beauty is formless. And I was just like, what does what it does mean by, mean? what does it mean formless? And yeah. I think you actually just explained it. Formless mm. doesn't mean that there's, you can't identify it. It means that it's identified by something that's been done and something that you're experiencing. And then you could keep experiencing new experiences and yeah. new additions. But from the lens of beauty, it takes on that a person could always look at themselves and see themselves as beautiful if they choose to. Yes. They could always see the world as beautiful if they choose to. You have to make that choice because that's the activation of the beauty. Beauty is there. It's everywhere. Right. You just kind of have to open your eyes. Like truth is there, but it's got, things have to come together for it to happen. So it's not that there's a beauty industry that you're a part of. It's that you have an opportunity within that to 
add value each and every time you add beauty. You get to show people what they're about and you get to show or whether it's on a campaign, add beauty to the world. So I think it's a it's a way that we can spiritualize beautification in a way that there are people who just naturally want to be beautiful. My daughter, Kaylee, we mentioned, came out of the womb with lipstick. She definitely did. I <laughs> right? know Kaylee well. Yes. So it wasn't just like a, a, an objectification thing. It was just like, this is how no. she wants to constantly enhance and make beautiful. And I think it's great that you're aware of that and you see that as a positive. You know, I, as Parrots knows, I grew up in a very orthodox Chabad home. And when I told people I was a makeup artist, they were the first reaction always was, oh, your parents allow you to do that. Mm. Like shocked, like, cause I'm in, you know, the TV world and the movie and the fashion world. And it always seemed funny to me because in my home, it was never a contradiction. Like it just wasn't, it was something that was wonderful because for, to do makeup on people, it meant I was interacting with people and that's what we did all the time. And for me, that's what it was. It was about connecting. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I was going to ask you how it played into your background because, <laughs> because my, you know. because, well, my, I have an older sister who does, who does beauty in New York and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and it's, it's, I think it comes from that type of source. And you already answered my question mm -hmm. with when you come from a home that values the right type of beauty, right. no matter what you get into in your life, you try to take that message with you, yes. let alone with actual beautification. Right. Whereas the world that the world itself seems to be superficial. So when you do things for the world, it just seems like a superficial entity. We're talking about with the Met Gala last night. Yeah. <laughs> well, last night, a couple two nights, nights ago. Two, I'm two sorry. Two nights I'm not, ago. That's yeah, okay. I'm yeah. up on it. You know, uh, I really it enjoyed comes much watching later that to my Instagram show. Feed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like where people are just like trying to push the boundaries yeah. of beauty. I look at it like, I think today, I think I haven't looked up everything, but I think people are looking more to add like also value to the beauty. Like it was inspired by like my desire to make the world better or yeah. my desire to add more to this world. And that's what I think you're, what makes you so special about this is everything's about adding value. I follow you on Instagram, mm -hmm. beauty by aura, check it out. Beauty by aura, aura spelled A U R A. Yes. And she's always trying to say how you make yourself better. So even though I haven't of used it. any of your makeup tips yet on myself. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Well, you know, well, who knows, we'll see right? what happens in 20 exactly. year, Rabbi but, but I appreciate always the lens you're coming from. Yeah. You're always coming from it's this really, really like, like it's simple beauty and enhancing that and yeah. being more beautiful. It's lovely. It's really important to me because I feel that, especially coming from my background of, I was very entrenched in the fashion world and really saw, and, and the celebrity world and really saw what goes on behind the scenes. And it was always so conflicting to me to see all this real glamour on, you know, magazines and photos. And it wasn't what was happening behind. There's this like darkness to it. And the models, the celebrities, always self-doubting, always unsure. There wasn't a lot of people who were really self-confident and really felt internally good. And I'm coming from a house, you know, where my parents are Rabbi and Robertson, and they were connecting with people constantly and they were all about value. And I think that's why it wasn't shocking for me to become a makeup artist because first of all, I was always into it as a kid. I, I'm kind of like Kaylee. I came out of the womb, you know, with this, the, do you know the Bubby Martha's revenge story? Um, tell me. Okay. So my grandmother <laughs> was a lady of the fifties and didn't go anywhere without her face on was always perfectly put together. And my mother is a absolute hippie. Totally. Now she's an Orthodox Hasidic hippie, but in, still, a hippie. <laughs> still a hippie in the 60s. And she never wore makeup and her clothes always mismatched. And so when I was young and started 
you know, trying to find heels and makeup to put on. They used to call me Bubby Martha's Revenge because <laughs> I was always about the beauty world. But there was never a conflict That's because great. I think it's really important that in every line of work you do, it could be anything that you add value to it. And for me, once I realized I had this voice on Instagram, I thought how great to be able to share not only uh, makeup tips, but in, you know, inner beauty tips, which I tried to find from sources. That's awesome. You know, there is a, there is a really deep spiritual idea that everything you're attracted to was personally curated for you. Hmm. That when you're attracted to something and you think something is beautiful, that those sensibilities aren't just your genetic makeup. They're also predisposed for you to find out more meaning in life and purpose in life for your own journey. So much so that they gave an example of somebody who saw a beautiful woman. He was great, attracted, but he couldn't actually have that relationship. And he yells out, oh, if I could only be with you. And she says, at the cemetery, we could be together. <laughs> and so he goes to the cemetery to sit and wait, for, you know, which never comes. The metaphor was given by a Kabbalist. He yeah. was saying that this person went and instead of saying, oh, she's never coming, he goes, wow, you know, this place, nobody keeps it up. It isn't beautiful. And he starts... The metaphor was that a person sees something beautiful, then goes to their depths when they're like, oh, I can't have that beauty. But instead of wallowing in their misery like I was duped, instead says, hey, you know, it's actually pretty dark down here. It needs to be cleaned I mean, up and developed. In other words, that no matter what part of the journey of attraction you're in, mm -hmm. you have the ability to nurture it and make something beautiful out of it. And that, I think, is the harsh reality of Tiferet. It's like there's some truth feels yeah. harsh. What's the harsh reality of beauty that you have to beautify something? You have to feel it. You have to, you have to be it. And you have to do the work. And it's constant. It's not like I did it yesterday. It's going to be great today. It is constant. <laughs> it is constant. Good for the industry. But it, good, good but for it, us. But it could be even better for the individual who yeah. has to make this reality their reality. So if people are attracted to other beautiful people, look at it like not that that's the value. The value is, is that I want to make beautiful things around me. I need to add beauty myself because that's what... I know gets me going, gets me right. excited about my mission in this earth. So I appreciate that you blended your home and your talents and put it all together and didn't feel like you needed to reject and you got to blend it and bring it together. And that's the ultimate blending of Tiferet. That is it. Yeah. That's that beautiful. Is, that's it. Well, thank you yeah. so much for being on Thanks the podcast. For having me. Wonderful. Check this out Aura great. Beauty by Aura. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week. Thank you, Paladin Studios, for the audio. Ali